Welcome to Feeding the Flock and our expositions through the book of Ephesians. We're currently in chapter 4 at verse 7. Hi, I'm Glendale Tony. I'm glad you joined me today. Let's begin reading in verse 7 of chapter 4 in the book of Ephesians where Paul writes this. But to each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore it says, When he ascended on high, he led captive a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. Now this expression, he ascended, what does it mean except that he also had descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is himself also he who ascended far above all the heavens, so that he might fill all things. And he gave some as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ. All right, we are in the middle of chapter 4, as uh, the reading indicated. That means we are still talking about uh, the worthy walk. But the first six verses of chapter 4 talked about our oneness or our unity in Christ. And um, that unity is established already by the work of the Holy Spirit, by placing us into Christ. Uh, every believer have been, has been placed into Christ, uh, similar perhaps uh, to uh, the memory of some who are baptized in water. Uh, the Holy Spirit has baptized us, and he's placed us into Christ. And uh, that's what his work of baptism is. He identifies us with Christ so that we have the same union with the Lord Jesus as everybody else. And that is our unity. Therefore, it's called one body and one spirit. So that is what we share in common. We have the same head, and that is Jesus Christ. And we are the same body. And uh, of course, uh, there are many other things that establish our oneness or our unity in the first six verses. But now he goes on uh, talking about uh, this worthy walk. But now it includes our variety because uh, the word of God does not just leave us in some sort of a, um, a unanimity or a uniformity. Uh, he, he instead, he supplants uh, what kind of things we might think as, as independent, and he makes us unity. And then he supplants those things that we think of as uh, being unity, and he, he talks about variety, and he has established this variety. And that's verses 7 through 12 is the uh, passage we just read. Now, later, verses 13 through 16, he's going to talk about maturity. And in fact, we stopped our reading today in the middle of a sentence, and we'll get to that in uh, places to come or in the episodes to come uh, uh, in verse 13, where he says, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of uh, the Son of God. 
to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. So that's the completion of the thought, uh, but yet uh, that is something we want to hold off until the next episode and talk about it in that context. So we find here then in verse 7, says, but to each one of us, Grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. And so now he begins to talk about our individuality, and God has prescribed a certain individuality. He has not uh, made us so uniform as to... uh, as to uh, throw away our uniqueness or our individual personalities. If you want to look at it that way, Uh, the Holy Spirit has ordained our individual personalities, not only by the way in which we were created or by the way in which uh, we were raised or by the the environment in which we were brought up or taught, uh, but uh, there is a variety that's now stamped by the Holy Spirit himself. And he's not only placed us into Christ, but he has, he has brought Christ's gift to each one of us individually. And that's the point here. Now, there's a parallel passage, if you want to go to it, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where Paul talks about the unity of believers in verses 12 and 13. That's where we get the instructions about the fact that the Holy Spirit has placed us into Christ. He has immersed us into uh, the body of Christ. And that's uh, 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 and 13. And then verses 14 through 20, Paul there again talks about the variety, talks about the individuality that the Holy Spirit has authored, not only in our birth and in our culture and in our language and in our personality, but in our gifts and our giftedness that comes from the Spirit of God giving us spiritual gifts. So to each one of us, grace was given. And that's the point of this passage. We have been given grace, and not just grace of salvation in the sense that we are saved by grace, but grace in the sense that we've received a gift by grace. We didn't earn it. We didn't deserve it. We didn't uh, work for it. We didn't try to show God that we were qualified to get some gift, Uh, but uh, rather this was something he orchestrated. It's something he ordained and something he has distributed. And uh, it says in uh, Romans 12, Uh, Verse 3, it says, For through the grace given to me, I say, so Paul is talking about a certain grace in which uh, he is speaking and he is writing. Then later on in uh, verse 6, he says, Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. And that's Romans 12, verse 6. So, So there is this sense in which every individual gift that has been given to each one of us, there that is given to us by grace, and, uh, and it's it's uh, difficult to hear sometimes because it it sounds repetitive. It sounds almost like a, a chant, and yet uh, it's repetitive because we need to drive this home, and uh, that is that we received it as a gift. It's not. It's not something we earned or deserved. Uh, God didn't look down upon us and say, say, oh, uh, he's, uh, uh, he or she uh, 
has so much potential. They just need a little bit of help. Uh, And that might be true in some degree, but that's not the point of these passages or of these gifts. The point is we have them and we have them freely because he's given them to to us and he's distributed them to to us uh, according to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, verse 4 through 6. It says, now there are varieties of gifts but the same spirit. So we find a unity there because we find our source of our gifts comes from the same spirit. He's not a multiple uh, spirit or multiple personality spirit. He is one spirit who's given us all these gifts. And it says there are varieties of ministries, but the same Lord. The Lord is in control. He is our master. He is our boss. And yet, uh, uh, there's there's all sorts of ways in which we are to serve. There are all, all sorts of ways in which these gifts are manifested. It may not be the same. Uh, one person may have the gift of teaching and another person have the same gift of teaching, but it's manifested in a totally different format or a totally different platform or a totally different way or manner in which that teaching gift is being exercised. And so it says there are varieties of effects. So the the channel or the result or the fruitfulness may be a variety of ways in which it comes about. Uh, and the same, uh, it says variety of effects, uh, excuse me, the variety of uh, of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. So we find ourselves serving the same Lord, having the same spirit, and serving and worshiping the same God, but uh, the gifts have variety in which they are uh, not only placed within us, but also placed in the body of Christ and used by Christ in the body to serve one another. And um, verse 11 uh, again emphasizes, but one in the same spirit works all these things. This is uh, again, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 11. It says, but one in the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually, just as he wills. Uh, this is not according to our will. This is the way, what he wills. He distributes them uh, individually and um, And that is the work of the Spirit. We can't leverage the Spirit to give us a gift that the Spirit of God hasn't given us, or vice versa. And uh, we can't discard a gift that the Spirit of God has has truly given us and call it of no effect, or that it isn't the same as somebody else's gift, so therefore it must not be the same Spirit. No. In fact, it says in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse, uh, verse 10, it says, And as each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. The manifold. Uh, I'm uh, accustomed to uh, working on engines, at least when I was younger, and I know what a manifold is. There's an intake manifold that takes the fuel and the oxygen and distributes it to the variety of the of the cylinders. And then there's the exhaust manifold that takes the uh, the uh, uh, the exhaust out of the the ver- variety of cylinders and puts it into uh, one muffler, uh, or at least in uh, some cases, sometimes there's two mufflers. And uh, these days, there's even a catalytic ver- converter or two in the process. But you you get the idea that the grace of God is like a manifold. It works to distribute the gifts of God to the variety of individuals. Now we have several passages in the New Testament. 
about these gifts and listing of these gifts. We find uh, one of those passages in uh, Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 8. Another place is uh, something we've already referred to, and that's 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 11, and again, verses 28 through 30. Uh, a little bit of a different gift and a little bit of a different listing, but it uh, it's all in that same chapter. And here in Ephesians chapter 4, we have a very short list. And in fact, the list here that we'll get to in a moment, um, it basically comprised not just uh, gifts in the sense of individual gifts, but individual people who have gifts, and those people are gifts to the church and to the churches. And uh, that's what he's getting at here in Ephesians chapter 4. First Peter chapter 4, uh, verses 10 and 11, uh, uh, itemize at least three different gifts or three different uh, umbrellas of a variety of gifts. And then First uh, Timothy chapter 4, ver- thir- verse uh, 13, uh, has a short list of, of Timothy's own gifts. And so we kind of have a, a little bit of an example of uh, the gifts that Timothy has. And in his case, it was reading and exhortation and teaching. So Uh, These gifts have been distributed not only individually to each one of us, but notice it's it's according to the measure of Christ's gift. Uh, In other words, he didn't diminish the, the measure by necessarily by the kind of gift that you might receive. You might have received a kind of a gift that isn't public or isn't outgoing, or isn't uh, a part of uh, uh, serving Christ in sort of a in uh, in a leadership way. You might receive the kind of a gift that's maybe almost invisible, but it has the worth of Christ behind that gift because it's the measure of Christ. So we'll get back to this right after this break. First part of this book, in fact, in the uh, in the first chapter and the first several verses, uh, verse three of chapter one of Ephesians, um, he wrote this uh, to the Ephesians. He said, "Blessed be the God of and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing." in the heavenly places in Christ. And so these heavenly places not only uh, not only comprise the location of the spiritual blessings, but it also, uh, in this case, and by the time he gets to chapter 4, it refers to the, to the fact that uh, we have received spiritual blessing from the heavenly places, and uh, we have received them to us, and uh, those are the very things that establish the variety and the individuality that we have in Christ. So that's what we practice on earth in our congregations. So it says, when he, uh, 
when, uh, therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led uh, captive a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. So this is, is a quotation from the Word of God, from Psalm. And that's uh, just a moment, and I'll find the exact quotation. It's, uh, it's in uh, Psalm 68, verse 18. And uh, it is, he ascended on high and led captive a host of captives. That is the source of an idea in which someone who is victorious in battle uh, uh, brought not only their own victorious troops back to their home city, but uh, in that city, there was a reception and uh, there was a parade. And so the parade would include not only the victorious warrior and all of his company, but it would also include uh, those who had he had taken captive, those who he was victorious over. And that's the picture or the image here of the Messiah here. And uh, it's not so much about who these uh, captives are, but uh, uh, that is uh, the, the conquering parade includes these, and uh, uh, that would be the Messiah's enemies. And it says earlier in chapter 1, verse 22, he put all things in subjection under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church. It says in Colossians chapter 2, verse 15, when he had, uh, when he had disarmed the rulers and authorities, he made a public display of them, having triumphed over them through him. There was something going on in the unseen worlds that could not be described in the seen world uh, when Jesus died on the cross, when he was laid in the tomb, and then when he resurrected from the grave and ascended back to the Father. There was something that happened uh, that, uh, that we don't know about in which the enemies uh, were notified that they were truly enemies. And that's part of what's, uh, what's here uh, in this quoted passage from Psalm 68. Uh, now, uh, in the original Psalm, in some English translations of Psalm 68, verse 18, part B, it says, uh, it says, you have received gifts among men, which would uh, imply that the Messiah King received gifts on behalf of men or from men, uh, giving him worship and adoration. But the same verb in the Hebrew can be, can be also uh, translated and understood in almost the exact opposite. And that, and that uh, by the way, is the way it was uh, translated in the Syriac version. It's called the Peshitta. And then the, uh, the Aramaic paraphrase, it's called the Targum. And in both of those, uh, we find this same translation of that ancient Hebrew word. And uh, here in the, this translation, it says he gave gifts to men. So the Messiah King uh, may receive gifts from men, but he also, in this case, he is distributing gifts to men. And uh, then uh, Paul gets into this little parenthesis here verses, uh, in verses 9 and 10. He says now this expression, because he wants to explain, Paul becomes his own expositor at this point. He, he uh, gives an exposition of uh, these two terms in Psalm 68 verse 18. When he ascended and he gave gifts to men. He wants you to know that now this expression, he ascended, what does 
does it mean except that he also had descended to the lower parts of the earth? Now, that doesn't mean that uh, that Jesus went down into some uh, some uh, cavernous area down below the earth's crust, uh, uh, which uh, is some people have that in mind, and some people uh, take that as their doctrine. But uh, but that's not exactly what uh, Paul is getting at here. He's more referring to the fact that that this is a messianic psalm, and if the Messiah is to ascend into heaven in order to give gifts, then his ascension, that's what Paul is trying to get at. His ascension applies that he had descended in, to begin with in the first place. And they may not have understood that by reading that psalm, but uh, Paul wants to bring out the implication of that, that verbiage, that terminology. And so he descended not into some cavern in the earth or some, some uh, lower uh, crevices of the earth uh, uh, or the core of the earth, but rather he's talking about the earth itself is the lower parts of the universe or the lower parts uh, compared to uh, being ascended into heaven. So Paul is basically not trying to give us a doctrine of, of where Jesus went between his death, burial, and resurrection, but actually he's he's describing the journey or the, the career of the Messiah that included um, uh, descending to the earth, which were the, was the uh, lower parts of his his workings, and then he who descended is himself also he who ascended far above all the heavens, so that he might fill all things. So there was a reason for this transportation, you might say, from the, the eternal Son of God coming to the earth and then ascending after his death, burial, and resurrection, ascending back to heaven, and that's what Paul is getting at. Now that he has fulfilled the ascension part of getting back there, then he now has the equipment to distribute gifts to his subjects as the Messiah to his followers. And uh, that's exactly what's going on in this passage. It's completely consistent with the metaphors of, uh, of the uh, quotation in Psalm 68, verse 18. And it does not necessarily invent some, some new doctrine except reinforces the, the uh, doctrine of, of Jesus' incarnation, his, uh, his resurrection, and his ascension. And so in his ascension, he is now taking on the role of being a filler. He is a filler God, and he fills up things now from his new perspective in heaven. And that's what Jesus does that he might fill all things. So he gets to how it is that he fills his church. He fills his body with not only eternal life, but with a life that is equipped to um, to live life on the earth. And that means we are needful of each other because we need each other's equipment in order to live, in order to mature, in order to grow and uh, grow up in Christ. It says, it says then in verse 11, and he gave some as apostles. So this is part of this short list of gifts that uh, uh, Paul wants to concern himself here in, uh, in the believers at Ephesus about these particular uh, very key ministry gifts. And, uh, and that is some as apostles. That means that as apostles, they carry a certain authority. That means they were designated by the resurrected Lord and they were sent forth uh, that, so that uh, 
they were sent forth with a certain authority. That's what apostle is. He is, he is one who is sent. Uh, in, it's the Greek word apostoloi, and uh, it means sent ones or commissioned uh, with a delegated authority. And uh, that's what they did. Christ commissioned them uh, directly, and that gave them that authority. And uh, also it says uh, apostles and some as prophets. And so the, those who functioned as prophets or had the gift of prophecy were those who revealed new things to God's people that perhaps they had not yet uh, uh, seen before. And in fact, uh, he refers to this in chapter 2, verse 20 of the book of Ephesians, where he says, the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. So the apostles and prophets form the very foundation of the growth of the church. And that means this generation of people around at the beginning stages were the foundation. And they were given specific gifts and specific uh, authority to exercise those gifts in such a way as to lay the foundation of what would be uh, the church and the churches and the congregation that would uh, still follow. And uh, and so he says, uh, uh, and by the way, prophets isn't just uh, 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 foretelling the future. That's something we, we may uh, think of uh, right off uh, Im immediately. But uh, prophecy or giving, uh, giving prophecy or being a prophet doesn't mean you go around and predicting the future all the time. It may, it may also mean, and, and equally so, mean that you are uh, applying the, the truth of God, the revealed truth, and uh, in the New Testament sense, the new revealed truth to the historical situation that is now being faced. And that's what a prophet did. He took the truth of God and proclaimed it in such a way as the culture uh, around him and the people that were going to face that culture. And some as evangelists, that means they led others to the gospel of Christ. They took the gospel and they led others to Christ because they were evangelists. They had a specific gift in doing that. We know of one who was named as the evangelist, and that was Philip in Acts chapter 21, verse 8. Uh, but in uh, Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 5, he calls Timothy to do the work of an evangelist, even though uh, Timothy's gifts uh, did not include evangelism necessarily, but he was told to do evangelism uh, because that that was part of our responsibility. And then it says uh, that, uh, that the, and some as pastors and teachers. Now, the way this is phrased, uh, this refers to both the shepherds as well as the instructors. And sometimes they are the same gifts or the same people. Sometimes they may actually be separate individuals in the body. Some may be shepherds and know how to guide and uh, care for the sheep, and others may be instructors and know how to teach God's words. And uh, then it says, what are the purposes of these main gifts in verse 12? For the equipping of the saints for the work of service. This is directed toward every believer. Every believer is to be the doing the work of service or the work of ministry. In this case, uh, it's the Greek word diakonos, where we get the word deacon. Everybody should be in the ministry. Every believer should be so. And that means that we depend upon these special gifts to equip us to do the ministry because they have the gifts and we have the responsibility and they 
They equip us by training us. Even the evangelists aren't just there to lead lost souls to saving faith in Christ. They are also there to train us to do the same as well. And so it says, to the building up of the body of Christ. That's what it's all about, is the building up of the body of Christ. That's, that we don't remain stagnant uh, or that we don't just sit uh, on our pews or in our chairs uh, on our hands. Uh, but, uh, but it means that we are trained and that means that we are trained by those who are gifted uh, so that we can do the same kinds of ministry uh, at least in a basic level uh, by uh, building up one another. And then that leads to our maturity as we are used to build up each other we become more mature. And that's coming up in the next episode as we grow up into Christ after having received the gifts in order to be equipped to do so. Thank you, dear Father, for your words. Thank you, Father, for these words that encourages us to live according to the way that you have gifted us by the Holy Spirit. And we pray that we can be not only obedient, but we can be flourishing in the gifts that you've given to us so that we might mature and those around us may be built up as well. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope you enjoyed our presentation today. This is Glendale Tony. Join us again for the next episode of Feeding the flock.